The stars are right, and that means it's time for another episode of The Whisper in Darkness. I'm your host, The Man from Lang. Thank you very much for joining me today. On this episode, we are wrapping up our look at the Rogue cards in the Dunwich Legacy Investigator expansion. For the benefit of new players, we're going to take a look at Opportunist Level 2, Ace in the Hole, the Chicago Typewriter, and the Gold Pocket Watch. There are spoilers throughout if you care about that sort of thing. If you enjoy what you hear, remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Just a quick reminder of how we rate cards here on The Whisperer in Darkness. The best of the best get an Elder Sign, while the worst of the worst get an Auto Fail, and the cards in between get a plus one, zero, or Elder Thing respectively. Cards that you build around, or are good in one particular deck, get a Blessed Token, while cards we believe are destined for the list of taboos or are simply bad for the game get a Curse Token. Before we get started, I'd like to thank the patrons of this channel for their tremendous support. The Arkham Horror LCG community is amazing, and these people have gone above and beyond to bring you content like these player card reviews. If you'd like to support the channel's goals and see your name on this list, head over to Patreon.com, sign up for a tier of your choice, and claim your rewards. That would be awesome. Special thanks to Cole Monroe Chitty for the amazing art that graces the channel, Nicole Fiscus for the new Whisper in Darkness logo that I use for the podcast, and Nate Lost in Time and Space for the intro as well as the overlays. Thank you very much. I couldn't do it without you. Without further ado, let's get started. Welcome back to our reviews of the player cards in the Dunwich Legacy Investigator expansion. We're going to wrap up our look at the rogue cards in the box. This is part four. We're going to start off with Opportunist Level 2. It is a skill with a wild skill icon, innate and developed trait. Commit only to a skill test you are performing. If you succeed by two or more, return Opportunist to your hand after this test instead of discarding it. So this is an upgrade for Opportunist from the Revised Core. Opportunist is basically the same as this, except you have to succeed by three or more, which is kind of tough for a lot of uh, investigators. So it is nice that they, uh, they drop the threshold by two, or by two, two, I should say. Really the only kind of negative thing I have to say about this card is that you can only commit it to a test you are performing, so but I do like this one a lot more than I like uh, Opportunist from the Revised Core. Yeah, agreed. It does what you want it to do versus Opportunist Level 0, which really asks a lot out of you. Yeah, I. It would be nice if this had a second wild icon, but I totally get why it doesn't. Uh, Although I think, I think for um, 2 XP, I think it kind of should have a second wild icon. Because compare this to Perception and Overpower and that Silk, that they draw you a card just for succeeding at all. And you can look at, and I think I'm recalling, I'm going back in time in my brain to, uh, you know, if we do, can we get some flashback music, you know, to uh, when we were discussing Opportunist? And I think we were discussing how Opportunist level zero, it, it's kind of like it draws you a card, but that card is another Opportunist. You know, it's another single wild skill icon. Yeah. But you had to succeed by three in order to get there. So this is kind of suffers from the same problem. You got to succeed by two and you're effectively drawing a card. It's just another opportunist with a single wild skill icon. Whereas like perception, you don't have to succeed by two and it draws you a card. You know, it's probably something else. Hmm. This this one feels right, but I really wish it was zero XP. Yeah, I do um, too. Yeah, compare this to quick thinking. Yeah, I I feel like this should have been the zero XP version. I think maybe maybe back in you know when they were testing the game, 
maybe succeeding by three was easier than it is. I just find that it's kind of difficult to succeed by three reliably, so you end up committing the opportunist, and you're able to sort of pull it off once or twice, and then you end up losing it. I find with this one, at least, you can get a pretty good run, you know, especially yeah. if you've got... Um, if you're combining a lot of those succeed by two effects with lucky cigarette case and stuff like that, that you can use this a few more times before you, before you end up uh, losing it. Yeah. I could, I could see potentially an issue if, the, if hypothetically they added a second wild skill icon is that it is essentially a one card combo at that point where it has the two icons to fuel itself. And then you're sort of like infinitely, playing the opportunist once per turn and i could see that potentially being a problem but and maybe our view of this is slightly tainted now that we've seen skills with four wild icons and seven agility icons or whatever nowadays but yeah. you know may maybe back like back in the initial design of the game they were definitely concerned about stuff like that a bit more yes yeah, so being able to do something over and over is it sounds scary, you know, in the conceptual phase. You know, but you know. yeah, I, I think I think as time has gone on, the designers have realized that recurring a skill card is not the end of the world. I have to so, say that I really like the art on this card. I just like the fact that this woman is just <laughs> robbing this place blind. It's just like, oh, here's this wine cellar. Just let me take a Yoink. few bottles for myself. <laughs> This is like the the classic Call of Cthulhu investigator move if I've ever seen one. Oh, we're in a random building. Yeah, I'm just gonna take everything I can I can hold in my grasp. Like obviously, obviously the agents of the mythos are not bearing down on this woman. <laughs> She's just like, oh, what what is this wine here? What what vintage is this wine? No, I don't like this one. Put it back. <laughs> oh, there's a deep one over there. Just give me a sec. Just give me a sec, guys. <laughs> you know, on, on the subject of the art, I I think as a whole, I really appreciate how connected all of the artwork in Dunwich feels, if that makes okay. sense. You know, like in some of the other campaigns, the player card art is very disconnected at times from the actual scenario or from the actual campaign. And in Dunwich, like, everything feels like you're in Dunwich. Like, Quick Thinking has, like, a Shugoth in the background, and Think on Your Feet has, like, tentacles from a Shugoth coming from it. You know, it's all very consistent. You feel like you're in Arkham. There's, you know, Double or Nothing that has the oh, gambling. Oh, I see. You know, right, like, it all, it all La Bella fits Luna. thematically. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I see you what know, you're saying. Like, I'm out of here in a forest. So how would we rate Opportunist? I'm going to give this a plus one. This is a very solid card. If you're in that succeed by two or more archetype, this is really good. And even if you're not, I I still think this is a pretty decent upgrade if you're willing to, to commit it to things that you're already very good at, say lockpicks or something along those lines. It's not bad. I think I'd actually give this thing a zero because I don't see myself playing this over quick thinking. I feel like quick thinking is, is more versatile. So imagine playing quick thinking succeeding by two and then drawing a card or doing a host of other things for zero xp yeah whereas this is two i really wish this was zero xp yeah and it'd feel too. right yeah it would, it would feel right at zero yeah this is a tough one i do like this card i don't know if i like it enough though for plus one i like it in winifred 
but Winifred's I, already overcommitting. So yeah, my argument is that there. is that like what else are you buying with your experience as a rogue? Nate, you know, one of the rogue class features is that you get to spend XP lots all the time <laughs> for things like yeah. higher muscle and lucky dice and your hot streak, which the designers and believe is core to the rogue experience. You know, and your opportunities level two. If you don't have you don't have XP for that, you've got to buy your streetwise. Because how are you going to play a rogue without streetwise, as we were discussing earlier? Mm, true, but hey, opportunist combos with streetwise because you can commit yeah, it, and then you're plus does. four. Yeah, I think I think you raise a good point, Manastrophic. Given Dunwich's rather frugal approach to XP, I think rogues probably have better options than committing to opportunist too. I do like the card and you can really get quite a bit of value out of it. If you, I, it's it's great. I love playing this card and getting on a roll where I'm like opportunist, bang, back to my hand, opportunist, bang, back to my hand. I, I love that that feeling, but- Like playing craps. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> and that, that feeling is really hard to do with the level zero version because it's often just like opportunist, oh, <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> you never get that that feeling of getting it back to your hand but i'm gonna give this one a zero i feel like it's i like it but i don't necessarily know if it's the first thing i'm buying with my experience points rogues have received i mean they've got lock picks they've got the uh the derringer reprinted uh cards like sure gamble hot streak are all a, a little flashier than this one and as your card pool grows, I think rogues get a lot more interesting skill options than this one. So it kind of ends sure, up, yeah. It kind of ends up just being sort of falls by the wayside. But right now, you don't really have a lot of options besides quick thinking, which is for which is level zero anyway. So yeah, as it it pains me, but I think I'm going to settle on on zero for this one. That's interesting. I. I don't know. I guess I'm pretty high on this card within the context of this card pool because, as we established earlier, like Streetwise is essential to a rogue's game plan, and yeah. the fact that this combos with Streetwise really effectively is pretty appealing to me. But I could also see, you know, yeah, like Hot Streak and Sure Gamble are definitely more powerful cards objectively, so. Mm -hmm. If you have access to Lucky Cigarette Case, I think then Opportunist stock goes up. Yeah, if you, I think if you can combine this with other succeed by two effects, I would be, you know, this is a plus one for me because I think that fits into that deck very, very well. Yeah. I just feel like outside of the succeed by two deck, I just don't know if it's if it's worth the XP because I think at that point you're probably not playing opportunist level zero anyway. So you've got better options at that point. So picking up this is going to be well down the list of priorities when you've got other cards that are more interesting. You know, you've got uh, all the ones we mentioned, there's cat burglar in there. There's an extra Leo, there's adaptable, you know, there's some of the cards we're going to talk about here in a moment that uh, also cost XP. So, yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree. I, if this had been the level zero version, that would have been ideal. But I guess we'll just have to play the hand we're dealt. Speaking of hands, we have Ace in the Hole. It is a 
free event that costs 3 XP. However, it is exceptional, so it will cost you 6. It has the trick trait, fast, play only during your turn. You may take three, an additional 3 actions this turn. This did uh, end up on the list of taboos to add max once per round to it because players were playing this multiple times and getting tons and tons of actions and uh, abusing it. What do we think about uh, Ace in the Hole? I love this card. Yeah, It's so cool. It's just, First of all, you know, that art. That art yeah, is the cool. art is fantastic. Yeah. You know, it's literally your Ace in the Hole in your deck, which is great because it's a one of uh, just huge flavor win on that aspect and power level aspect. It's woo man. Is it good? Yeah. Uh, this is how you can, you turn a, turn a bad situation upside down and you uh, pull a victory from the jaws of defeat is with ace in the hole. Because, that being um, said though, uh -huh. I wouldn't, this is a card that you really have to plan around playing because yeah. There are certainly turns where taking three actions is not very fruitful. Like in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like in the beginning of the game, for instance, when there isn't an enemy on board, you know, those three actions essentially become like maybe I play something else, maybe I move to a location and investigate. Whereas, like, towards the middle of the game, once you've got your engine going, those three actions become like nine actions. Yeah, worth of effort. That's true. Yeah. So it's not it's not a card you want to play early in the game for sure. It's a card you play later in the game once you're once you've got your engine going, you've got your you know, your deck's doing what it wants to do. You play this, and now all of a sudden you're killing a boss in a single turn. You're investigating that like eight eight clue location, no problem in a single turn. Whatever it is your deck needs to do, it can do it. One thing that's also really, really nice about Ace in the Hole is you don't have to play it until after you've taken your first three actions. So you get to a point where you go, I've just pulled a Nate special and I've drawn three auto fails in a row. Uh, and I and this is going to be the last turn of the game unless I get done things A, B, and C. Well, let's play Ace in the Hole and get things done. It's kind of like, uh, you know, the power of Skids, you know, being able to get extra things done. Uh, whenever he wants, well, you got Ace in the Hole to have a real power turn in order to, as I said earlier, pull victory from the Jaws of Defeat. That's what this thing's really good for. I don't know how often I have played this card simply because of the 6 XP cost. And that's the downside. In Dunwich, that's a lot. <laughs> that is a lot of XP. Yeah. And it, this, this card feels like the capstone. Like, after you've got your lockpicks and your Derringers and your other goodies. If you can get this into your deck, awesome. If you can't, well, that's okay too. But this is not the first card I would be upgrading to because I don't think the three actions are going to do enough to improve your deck overall compared to some of the other cards that are available. It's good. Yeah, yeah. I just don't think it's like this card. This is the card that will make your deck the world beater. Lockpicks is the card that does that. Yeah, you gotta get your foundation down first before stuff like you can, that. Uh, or know, even streetwise, you know, yeah. at this level, that's gonna that's gonna be have a, I think a lot more impact than than Ace in the Hole will. Fortunately, all of those things you mentioned there um, that are gonna have high impact, Ace in the Hole is kind of rounds it out. So like Ace in the Hole lets you with, uh, combined with Streetwise lets you dump a zillion your zillion resources to get everything evaded. 
and discover the remaining clues that are needed to advance the act, you know, all in one turn before the doom clock ticks over and ends the game for you. That's what it's really for. It's like once you've got once you're set up to do high impact actions or to reliably succeed on tests, ace in the hole is how you get a lot of them done in one turn because this is the one turn of the game where you actually have to get lots done in order to not not lose. How would we rate this one? Now this is a tough one because like you were saying, it's not a card you just slam dunk auto include in your deck because six experience is a lot. It's a lot. And like you were saying, Matt, you need to get your engine going before you before you maximize the utility of this card. So I don't know, it's kind of tough. I think I'll land on a zero. The power level is Elder Sign material, for sure. Mm -hmm. But just the fact that it's only a one-of in your deck and it costs six experience does put quite a damper on this quite a bit. And then there's also just the fact that as written, without the taboo list, it is degenerate. Which I don't like, so we're I give, not I, we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about that. Keep I give it a little bit of a knock for that, but that's mostly a personal <sighs> thing. It's personal. It's personal. personal. It's personal. It's you know what I will give it a knock for? That is a lot of white space that could be flavor text. True. I don't know. I kinda like that. that it's just you can take three actions and it just the card ability lets it speak for itself. I think I'm gonna go with a zero as well, because I don't see myself taking this before like I'm 20 XP into my deck. I gotta be honest. You know, I've upgraded like everything else I've wanted to upgrade, and then this kind of like caps it off. And even then, it's still a it's still often a, a toss up between this and Hot Streak for what my deck actually wants more as like a capstone. Yeah, I'm gonna split the difference between an Elder Sign and a Zero and land on a plus one. The effect is very strong, but. Like I said, this isn't the first thing I'm buying. This is after you've spent all your experience points on all the goodies to to improve your deck. This is the 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 cherry on top that you uh, pick up to to have that that one mega turn that rogues are uh, are known for and and getting a lot done or finishing the game or or something like that. And uh, it's it's a nice to have, but not necessarily not necessarily a need to have. I think in a lot of cases but it is uh, it is uh, awfully nice to to be able to take that additional three actions sometimes to uh, to get the things done that need to get done that brings us to the chicago typewriter five cost asset that costs four experience points two combat skill icons item weapon firearm and illicit traits uses four ammo you as an action you may spend one ammo fight you may spend any number of additional actions when you perform this attack you get plus two combat for this attack for each action being spent, including this ability's action cost. So when you trigger this, you get plus two combat. This attack deals plus two damage, and it takes up both hand slots. Don't think I've ever played the Chicago Typewriter as a solo player, but uh, what do you guys think? It's a little expensive, but that's pretty good, honestly. Yeah. Plus two and three damage, that's wrong three damage is is very good this is up there with um like lightning gun and the was it the winchester that doesn't work very well but also mm -hmm. deals three damage three damage is a very important threshold to pass because um that's a lot um a lot of weapons will deal two but this one does three and that that's that's quite a bit what really holds it back is the cost, but more importantly, the fact that it's two hand. We've been talking all video series about how important lockpicks are. 
You can't have lockpicks and Chicago typewriter in your hands. Unless yeah. you have bandolier. Which we, we did talk about that early on, actually, about bandolier for uh, these sorts of situations. You know, and you know what? Both jids and sk skids, <laughs> jids and skinny. Um, <laughs> skids. <laughs> skids and Jenny can both take the bandolier. So maybe you've, uh, you've, you've, you've got the deck down there. You know, you have Chicago, Chicago typewriter and bandolier. You know, and then you can hold your lock. You can hold your lock fix, and you can hold your Chicago typewriter. <laughs> and Jenny has her twin forty-five, so she is kind of already expecting to have both hand slots full. So yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, it's, it's I mean... no acidic ichor, but it's okay, I guess. <laughs> that's true. It is does have a fairly generous amount of ammo for uh, yeah. for a gun of this uh, of this caliber. Plus two with the option of spending an additional action to get another. I guess as many actions as you want to spend to uh, to really boost up uh, your combat. I don't know how many actions you'd... I mean, Skids is fighting at a 5. Skids and Jenny are both at a 5 with this thing. So, I mean, I don't know if I would spend additional actions rather than skill cards or resources. I think those are probably easier to come by than additional actions. Even if you never actually spend additional actions, it's still good that that ability's there. Oh, so it's yeah. Like, no, I, I like yeah. the fact that that ability is there because it yeah. gives you, I mean, it does give you that option, right? It's just like, okay, we're, it's go time. We need to kill this thing. I'm running low on cards and, and cards and resources, you know, where the guardian is suddenly like, well, you know, I'm just going to pray and pull from the chaos bag and hope I, I get a good token. The rogue's like, okay, I've got this spare action, you know, I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to use that to boost you know, to mm -hmm. put me over the top. That's a nice option to have, even if you never have to, never have to use it. Yeah. In the case of skids, he can turn two resources into that extra action, which is essentially yeah. having hard knocks in play, which is still pretty useful. Yeah. It helps you. Um, it's really useful for those times when you like, actually, like you really have to land that shot or else everything goes badly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this, this is pretty good for that. I think if you're playing in a group with a Guardian in the group, though, this is kind of unnecessary. Because it is a lot of XP and a lot of resources and a lot of hand slots. You're kind of really funneling yourself down, you know, rogue in combat at that point. Basically, what I'm saying is you could you could be, if you have a Guardian in your group, this is not going to catch you up to them, but it's going to cost you a lot to get there. That being said, if you're playing, like, Skids as the primary monster slayer in your group then this thing's pretty good i think we'd be remiss to to not mention quick thinking and this is c by two archetype you know since you can spend extra actions to get an additional plus two you can then combine that with some of your skill cards that you were already planning to use like quick mm -hmm. thinking and then recoup that action yeah it's true that's true you know, you know yeah. th there's some big brain plays with that that ability which is pretty neat how would we rate this one this is a pretty good weapon. You know, now looking back at this, like, I could see myself playing this today in a bunch of rogue decks. Tony comes to mind. But like Matt was saying, in the context of just Core and Dunwich, the Guardians are going to do a better job of killing the enemies at a more efficient rate than the rogues are. So that being said, that and it takes two hand slots, which is also... A pretty yeah. big burden to ask of the rogues. I'm going to give it a zero. It is really good. And if you're, like Matt was saying, if you're playing the Monster Slayer, this is 
the option you have and it's a good one. Yep. So yeah, I think a zero is a good place for it. Yeah, this is kind of a tough one because you're really committing to being the monster slayer by having this because it takes up both your hand slots and it's a lot of XP and it's a lot of um, lot of resources. Like you kind of want to build your deck around this. In which point, at which point you're you could have been playing a guardian instead. So that kind of weighs this card down, to be honest. I think I would. I think by the numbers. The fact that it deals three damage, oh, that is really good. Skids can combine it with a vicious blow. Oh yeah, and if you have skids and vicious blow, yeah, then you're you're pretty set. That's a tough one. Um, it's it's a good card. I I think yeah, people have is. kind of slept on this card. I've certainly slept on this card. Yeah, I think it's because like, if I'm thinking about playing a card like this, then I'm then I then I then I end up playing a guardian instead. That's kind of like the issue with it. Yeah, which is tough. I think by the numbers, though, it's probably a plus one because um, four ammo, three damage shots, that's pretty good, like, by the numbers. Yeah, I'll just I'll just go with plus one uh, by the numbers. I'm going to give this one a bless token. I think if you are committing eight XP to this, you've got a plan for the Chicago yeah. typewriter. You're probably playing skids. You're probably getting extra ammo maybe contraband i don't know that seems like a lot there you're paying nine nine resources for eight shots maybe you can pull that off but yeah i think if you're going to invest the eight xp in this you're probably either the primary primarily in charge of enemy management so that hand slot that you would use for lock picks is not such a big issue but yeah this one feels like something you're building around for a purpose and not just saying hey i need a card oh here's a good here's a good weapon you know this is one of the best rogue weapons in the game but i don't think it's something you're just picking up just because you've got to have a plan for this one but like you said nate i think yeah you know just by the numbers this is a really good weapon you know no no real complaints it's a little pricey but and oh man, plus two combat with the option of of boosting that higher and plus two damage. Throw a vicious blow on there, and you're and four shots, and you're you're doing pretty well. That brings us to the final rogue card in the box that we're going to take a look at today. This is the gold pocket watch, stealing time. Two cost asset that costs four experience points. It is exceptional though, so it will set you back eight. It's got a willpower and wild skill icon item and relic traits. As a free triggered ability, when a phase begins, remove the gold pocket watch from the game, skip this phase, or as a free triggered ability, after a phase ends, remove the gold pocket watch from the game, repeat that phase, and it takes up an accessory slot. I think if you are playing three or four player, as the rogue and you did not pick up the gold pocket watch you may want to reconsider your experience points because if ace in the hole will give you three actions this will give you 12 in four player <laughs> have i don't know if i've ever skipped a phase with this i usually end up i have playing, i usually end up playing this just to to give everybody another turn i have skipped but i could see it phase. Yeah, I think actually the most powerful thing you can do with it is skipping the Mythos phase. Because that you skip the Doom placement, and you skip the encounter card draws. 
but yet you still get the full investigator phase. You still get the upkeep phase. So you get to refresh all your stuff. I mean, the most famous use of uh, the pocket watch is to repeat the investigator phase. But if you do it that way, you're missing out on refreshing and drawing cards and gaining resources. I don't play multiplayer very often, but uh, the last time I uh, played multiplayer, I was uh, one of the last times I was playing Finn. I picked up this card. I mean, it's awesome. I love this card. <laughs> it's so good in when the player count creeps up above, you know, into three and four for uh, just the amount of stuff you get. It is exceptional. So, and rogues don't ha have the greatest draw right at, right at this time. So, but the the beauty of the gold pocket watch is is that it's not a card you want early. Like this is a card that you can afford to play late game. So you draw it, you wait, get it down on the table when you've got the time, sitting there ready to go. When you need it, you're good to go. I'm curious on how this would compare to Ace in the Hole in solo, however. Is is the added flexibility of skipping Mythos phase worth the two extra experience? It's also that the accessory slot holds it down too. Yes, it also does. This costs an action yeah. to play unless you're playing Joey the Rat. Oh my gosh, you just gave me an idea, Nate. Bonus. So here's what you do with with this: it you 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 have Joey the Rat out, right? And you play very innocently, you know, and you just and then you get to the end of the game, and the players are like, "Oh no, we're about to lose!" And then um, you know, and they they go through the motions. It's like, oh, I guess I guess I guess we technically have to do our upkeep, you know. And then during upkeep phase, you slam down the pocket watch, and then you just you know watch your uh, your friends look at you in a mixture of horror and jubilation as you uh, pull the game out of the fire for them. I'd say that if you were playing this over, I think Ace in the Hole is probably better in solo simply because. If you were using this to skip the mythos phase in solo, doom is often not an issue for the most part in scenarios. Sometimes it is. I mean, it was in my last game. I ended up dooming out, which, but I find dooming out is very rare in solo. Usually if you're, if you're fast enough and you're paying attention, doom is not the thing that's going to kill you. So skipping the mythos phase not to draw an encounter card, I think is why you would trigger this and i feel like i would prefer to have the three actions in which case i would prefer to have ace in the hole which is fast and i don't have to waste an action to play it and i don't have to take up my accessory slot yeah you're probably right because the power of ace in the hole is the fact that you can wait until you're in trouble to play it yeah like if you've if you've drawn a ten if you've drawn an auto fail when trying to attack an enemy and all of a sudden this enemy is right in front of you and is going to hit you in the enemy phase yeah, I guess playing Ace in the Hole to get those three actions right now is uh, is pretty good. Yeah, whereas Gold Pocket Watch, you have to like devote your accessory slot and have it out there in advance. I think it becomes worth that at two player, but I'm curious what you guys think about it specifically in two player. The accessory slot's still a problem, and the fact that you have to actually have eight XP at any one time in order to actually buy this. You know, because yeah. think of, because think about it. Like, it's already hard enough to justify Ace in the Hole in that you have to save. You often have to save up more than an entire scenario's worth of XP, which means that is a whole scenario where your deck is not has not been improved in order to afford Ace in the Hole. Now, imagine trying to be basically two scenarios behind on XP just to save up for the Pocket Watch. That's that's a lot. Yeah, that's, that's lot. my biggest 
restriction with this card is that eight experience is a lot to ask. Oh yeah. For a oh, card yeah. that you may honestly never see because as as the card pool stands right now, rogues don't have a lot of card draw. Mm -hmm. So you're really reliant on either spending your, you know, the actions that you're generating off of like quick thinking and things like that to draw cards to hopefully find it faster mm -hmm. or that, you know, the stars align and you just happen to draw it, you know, and be able to play it. I think that's why I primarily see this as a multiplayer card, because in multiplayer you have a little bit more flexibility than you do in one or two player. One or two player, you don't have a ton of, especially in solo, you don't have a ton of extra actions to be drawing cards. Two player, maybe a little more time. But I think in three or four, if you're the rogue and you have this and you're like, okay, we're sort of getting to the mid game, I think you might be able to find a turn or two in there where you can be like, okay, I'm going to commit a draw action here and there just to try to to get this thing. I mean, Jenny does have the option of picking up preposterous sketches as well if she's playing a lot of these exceptional cards in order to draw them. But yeah, it's... I know when I, you know, when I was playing this in um, the Iron Man, I think it was Path of Carcosa Iron Man, drawing it was never really a problem for Finn, but... Well, if you have Lucky Cigarette Case, you can dig through your deck. So, so much XP. Yeah. So much. Eight is, eight is a lot. Yeah. And I and even in that Iron Man, I remember, I think we were abusing uh, Delve Too Deep in that one to, to gain extra XP, so... Oh, yeah. It's not something that you can that's easy to afford. This is one of those cards that has a massive impact on the game when it hits the table. You're going to feel this one more than I think some of the other high XP cards in this game. How would we rate this one? Well, this one's tough. I mean, the power level is through the ceiling and beyond. Mm -hmm. It's really absurdly powerful, but it's also really expensive and experience and really difficult to find in your deck yeah it and it and sure um not sure gamble but ace in the hole the same way they're very powerful they're also very expensive xp wise so you got to think of all the things you're not including in your deck as a result yeah <laughs> yeah and it's like that's kind of the the tug and pull with cards like this is like do you spend your experience on this kind of stuff to make your deck more explosive or do you spend your experience on things like Switchblade and Lockpicks to make your deck more consistent? Mm -hmm. And I think Arkham is a game that demands consistency over bursts of power. And I think to that point, too, is that those three actions that you gain potentially from the Pocket Watch or the 12 in multiplayer, you know, are going to be less impactful when you're only investigating at your base three. Versus investigating with your lockpicks or investigating with Streetwise. I think for that reason, and in the context of just Core and Dunwich, I'm going to give this a zero. Just, it's really expensive. And I yeah. think most of the time you're not even going to be able to play this card just because of that alone. I, I agree because of the how much this sets you your whole deck by, back by. So like... If you didn't buy the pocket watch, if you instead bought a weapon upgrade, think about all those attack actions that you're that would have been for extra damage that you're not taking because you took the pocket watch instead. I think if you were to play Jenny or Skids and you you just 
support you just like said no to combat altogether and you didn't spend any XP on you know guns or anything to improve your combat abilities, I think this becomes more affordable. Like you just said, I'm going all in on lockpicks and streetwise and that's it. I think you can probably afford this. But I think the fact that it sets you back eight XP, which is like a like it could sometimes be like half your XP and if you're talking Dunwich and then, of course, you have the problem of having to wait sometimes two whole scenarios before you can uh, spend any XP if you want to play this. Yeah, I think that actually does bring this down to a zero. That being said, and you if you play this in like a standalone, you know, it's 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 like it's like it could be ridiculous worth ridiculous like, in standalone. Yeah, because in standalone, like your cost to put this in your deck is taking an additional weakness, and like just that's kind of worth it because of like that's it's you get the crazy plays and like especially in four player where you're saying like hey everybody take take three additional actions see because then you're giving up that xp to let everyone else's decks shine even more and then they're all gonna love you and that's a bit different i th I think in general in in general it's kind of a zero though because as amazing as it is it is also appropriately costed i'm gonna split the difference again and go plus one i just i think the effect is so fun Ooh. Like, you slap this down in four-player, and it's just, like, high-fives around the table. Everybody, we're, we're either That's skipping the Mythos phase, right. we're going to not draw any cards, or we're going to take our turns again. Good things are going to happen. It's just fun. The The XP cost on it is very difficult to swallow, especially in Dunwich, unless you're using tricks to boost the amount of XP you're earning. This is one of those cards you've got to wait on. You're gonna to have to save up a bunch of XP to spend it, but man, oh man, if you can if you can afford it, it's really really good. And at this stage of the game, we don't have lucky cigarette case, so slot conflicts aren't aren't a huge deal. So yeah, I just this is a fun card. Whew, that's gonna do it for our uh, look at the rogue cards in the Dunwich Legacy Investigator expansion. Do you agree or disagree? Let us know in the comments down below. We always appreciate your feedback. Any final thoughts on uh, these cards or the rogue cards in the Dunwich Legacy in total? I think it's a mistake that we all didn't give the gold pocket watch an elder sign because it literally has an elder sign on it. I was tempted, but... Oh, you're right. You know what? Bring the bring the slide back up. Just slap those other signs on there, you know, just so we can like say we've done it. Yeah, that's true. It literally has a gold other sign on it. I don't know. These are like some of the most fun rogue cards to this day. Yes. Yeah. Like they have because they didn't they didn't know what they wanted to do with the rogue yet. So the rogue is all over the place. <laughs> and a lot of these are still played to this day. Like just a testament of the power level of some of these cards. Like quick thinking ace in the hole gold pocket watch streetwise lone wolf these are really good cards yeah. adaptable i'd be also be remiss to to not mention adaptable but then you have complete and utter stinkers we have contraband <laughs> which i don't remember if we said this in our review or not but you know you can just play another copy of your weapon right <laughs> yeah that's totally true you can just totally play true. another weapon it's okay. Yeah, it's and then, you know, think on your feet is, I think, an interesting effect, but not the greatest. And then double or nothing is just like, what the hell is it? <laughs> I think what encapsulates the rogue card pool more than anything else is that it's very high risk, high reward, and it feels like a lot of fun to play. 
because you feel like a mad genius when it all goes off. But then when it all hits you in the face, you just want to thud the table. Well, you've got I've at, I'm out of here for when your deck completely fails. You can just say I'm out of here, which is another one of the strangest cards like in the, in the entire game. You mean I could just end the game early? <laughs> yeah, rogues get a lot of uh, a lot of really fun cards in this in this set. There are a few a few duds and uh, double or nothing, which I think was supposed to be in the fun side, it was supposed to be part of that fun rogue thing, and then it just kind of didn't work out that way it just people uh the 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 cost of playing it was just too easy to bypass and so it just ended up all upside and no downside but yeah i, I mean i've i've enjoyed playing cards like the gold pocket watch and and i mean i still like lone wolf is still a a centerpiece of a lot of rogue decks to this day and uh streetwise had its time in the sun i think it's maybe not played as much as it used to be especially since it landed on the the list of taboos and it costs 6 xp now if if you're playing that way but uh yeah like you said they they didn't quite know what way to go with the the rogues yet and so there's kind of a mishmash of of combat and a little investigation and a little evasion and a little uh, resource generation and so it kind of is pulled in too many directions i think but uh, still lots of lots of fun stuff in this set for rogue players that's gonna do it for this episode if you enjoyed what you hear remember to like comment and subscribe if you need to contact me i can be reached at manfromlang at gmail.com i'm also on twitter at manfromlang until the stars are right keep your shotgun close and your elder sign closer take care out there and happy investigating <laughs>